Hello and welcome to Grace in the Marketplace. My name is Tafara Butai. Did you know that God is inside Kairos moments, divine connections, favor, unmerited strength for his children, for the marketplace? I like to call all of this God's grace in the marketplace. And so on this podcast, that's what we're going to be talking about and many other subjects. So let's check out today's podcast. Welcome to yet another episode of Grace in Place Weekly. And uh, man, I'm just so looking forward to tonight's broadcast. Uh, quickly, you know, just to remind you, uh, Grace in the Marketplace, we talk about how God has given each and every single one of us uh, a grace to, to, to make a difference uh, in our respective spheres of influence. God created us for impact. Uh, Jesus gave us a, a, a command. He says for us to go out and be the salt of the earth. And uh, we, we actually are the yeast. But how many of you realize that the salt does not make much of a difference uh, while it's still in a salt shaker? And yeast doesn't make much of a difference amongst other yeast. So God called us to go out into the marketplace and uh, uh, impact cities and transform nations. And that's what we're here to do. Uh, Bill Bright in 1975 uh, called these respective areas of influence the seven mountains of influence. And tonight, uh, we're going to be talking to uh, uh, a gentleman who has um, uh, influence, I believe, in two of the seven mountains. He's got influence in the uh, mountain of the church and the mountain of business, Reverend Julian Kuyula. Did I say it right? Welcome, brother. Go. Welcome, Reverend. <laughs> thank you very much how are you i am doing fantastic man thank you so, thank much, you for, so much for making time to uh, be with us tonight on grace in the marketplace uh, we are really excited to hear from you thank you pastor taffer this has been a joy and just even you inviting me i'm very very honored thank you very much god bless you sir before we jump straight into it i'm going to read quickly uh um uh, Reverend uh, Kiyula's uh, bio, just so you know who uh, he is, and uh, then we will uh, let him loose. So Julian Kiyula is the founder and senior pastor of the Purpose Center Church based in Nairobi, Kenya. He's also a, an accomplished uh, entrepreneur who has grown a business uh, with a global footprint. He is married to Amanda Kiyula and are blessed with three sons. Together, they are passionately committed to raising kingdom champions who are empowered for kingdom impact on the earth. Before we let him loose, I just want to read a quick quote that he made in 2014. I don't know if you remember this one, Reverend. In 2014, <laughs> uh, the Forbes uh, uh, interview, you said this, that the one thing that I want to be able to achieve is to shift the dimension of how we look at those at the bottom of the pyramid. I would like to innovate something that shakes the way businesses look uh, at people that are underprivileged. I want to be able in my lifetime to have a million uh, children in Africa going to school because I lived. And this is what you said, Reverend. I want to take this opportunity wow. to welcome you <laughs> once again. And Reverend, we are all yours. Go for it. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, everybody. It's great to be here. It's great to be with you and uh, to have the privilege to speak to people uh, from different parts of the world. Uh, Pastor, it's okay. I begin with prayer. Yes, sir. 
All right. Father, thank you for this time with Pastor Ty. Thank you for the entire team from the Faith Hill Church and the amazing work they are doing in the marketplace. I pray tonight, even as we share a few nuggets of wisdom, that, Lord, you will go ahead of us and guide us and help us to understand and to grow and to know what it is we must do at a time like this. We honor you and bless you, Father, because there is no one like you. So be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. I'm hoping everyone can hear us pretty well. Yes, so I'm we going can. to share Loud a few. Uh, excellent. Excellent. I'm going to share a few nuggets from, um, um, from the Bible. Um, and I think, you know, a, a lot of the discussions we've been having have to do with um, what is the next shift in the kingdom of God? What's, what's the... What's the preparation we're having and um, how do we understand? So I'm, I'm a student of seasons and times. I, I study seasons and times a lot um, biblically because the entire Bible is broken down into dispensations, ages, and times, right? Dispensations, ages, and times. And um, you come all the way from Genesis, you're in what we call the dispensation of innocence. Um, and then, you know, Eve ate the fruit, gave it to her husband. Immediately they shifted from innocence. Now they moved into a place where they knew what was wrong. So that's called the dispensation of conscience. And so you study that and realize these are the only two human beings ever that lived in two dispensations at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and you come from there, you come into the dispensation um, of the law where the children of Israel now start moving in the law. And um, you first move to the dispensation of promise and then into the dispensation of law. So Abraham comes, there's a promise about the children of Israel. Then you come into law, the time of Moses. And then we come all the way from that time of Moses where the Pentateuch's finished being written all the way down to, um, to, uh, to, 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 to Malachi. And the beginning of Matthew opens us up to a brand new dispensation, the dispensation of grace. And that's where we are today until we come into the dispensation of the millennial and where we will reign with Jesus for a thousand years. And then, um, then will come the end, you know, then, 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 then there will be judgment and then we will have uh, a dimension of eternity. So what I want to share with you today, why that was important. I'm not trying to, to show you how much of dispensation knowledge I have. When you don't have an understanding of the time, you will not know what to do. The Bible says the sons of Issachar, they had an, they had, they had their heads in heaven and therefore they knew what Israel ought to do. In other words, they understood the season. When you don't know the season, you don't know what to do. So in this season, what is God up to? Well, here's what I'll tell you. Number one, church, as we've known it, has changed. Hmm. What we're going to see going forward, it doesn't change the truth. The truth will never change. Right. But the way we do church and ministry and what God is expecting of the children of the kingdom is uh, moving from the four corners of the church, four walls, into the marketplace to prepare us for things that need to be done in our time. If we don't understand that, a generation or two after us are going to suffer the consequences of our lack of boldness and our lack of courage to do what needs to be done. Change is the only constant in life, but it's uncomfortable, all right? Just laying a foundation for some of the truths I want to share with you. So when we move into this whole understanding, Pastor, we must understand then the the dynamics that come with the marketplace Mm -hmm. and the expectations from heaven of us because we must understand the season so that we can know 
what we have to do. Um, we then have to go back to the original context of our creativity story and understand why we were placed here, not in 1825, why you're alive in 2020 at such a time as this. Your role is as equally important as Abraham's role because he came from a different time. But Abraham um, opened portals and dimensions that we were able to understand ways of God that we'd never have understood all the way down to Jesus Christ. We understood it with Moses. These are called patriarchs, men that did things that have continued to baffle us until today in terms of understanding, but they were still in the shadow. And now we are operating in a dispensation and a time that we must understand. So in the book of Ephesians, I'm, I'm going to talk about the marketplace in a minute. So if we're going to deal with billions and billions of dollars that are going to flow through the, the, the believers, then we, we must get to a point where a billion and a dollar. God said something to me, the day a billion dollars and a dollar are the same to you, then, then, then you're ready. Because God is not trying to, you see, pastor, people think that if I'm faithful with a, with a cheap phone, then God will give me an expensive phone. Then God will give me an iPhone. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm faithful with a Nokia 33, then God will, be, will give me as a reward. No, that's not what that scripture says. The scripture is dealing with faithfulness. That's the bottom denominator. That if I'm faithful with little, I can be faithful with much. The Come denominator on. is faithfulness. That's the principle. So God said to me, the day you can deal with a dollar the way you deal with a billion and a billion the way you deal with a dollar, you're ready for me. Because that means you've understood the whole dimension of that. So I'll come to the book of Nehemiah, which is where I want to focus on tonight. But let's go to Ephesians because I want to give you some marketplace tips and, and, and understanding so that you can see what's coming to us and what's about to happen. So, so the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 2, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, because I heard you call this program the grace, the grace hour. The grace in the marketplace. Grace in the marketplace. So understand this. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, Ephesians 3, 2, which is given to me for you, the first thing that this helps us all understand is that any grace that sits on a person is not for the person. Paul is emphasizing, if you've heard of the grace that was given to me for you. So as, as Pastor Tamara spends a lot of time speaking to all of you, what he's been working on is actually a transfer of grace. God said to Moses, bring out 70 men. And when he brought the 70 elders, he said, now I will move your spirit, Moses, not, not God's spirit, the spirit of Moses that was on Moses, the spirit that was on Moses came on all the 70 people and they prophesied and they behaved, spoke, talked like Moses. They judged like Moses because they were there to judge and, and to be able to help with the work. So, so when grace sits on a man, that grace is able to then move into dimensions and help others. When we sit and have this conversation for an hour, what sits on us that have been able to penetrate can sit on you to help you avoid the mistakes. So my mistake becomes a mistake you've already made. My experience becomes experience you already have. Because Paul is saying, if you've not heard of that dispensation that was of grace, that was given to you, for, to me, for you. What sits on men is for men. Come and on. in verse 3, he then, says, he then says in verse 3, how that by revelation... He made known unto me the mystery. Some things will only come by revelation. Amen. Amen. And therefore, 
Open your eyes. Jesus says, uh, asks, who do men say I am? And Peter says, you are Christ. And he says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Therefore, I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom. The keys only come to those with revelation. Not every believer who's going to go into the marketplace is going to succeed. But those who have revelation, understanding, and knowledge are going to be able to move faster than others. So God put Nehemiah in my heart to speak to you about tonight so that you can get some wisdom nuggets about the marketplace. Why is Nehemiah so key? This was a man that, um, Nehemiah was a man that just understood some things that people don't, you know, I don't think people give the book of Nehemiah the, the, the respect it deserves, but this, this man, this man was amazing. And, and, and I want to give you those nuggets tonight so that we can all flow together. So I'm in Nehemiah chapter two. I'm going to teach you by God's grace how to receive the grace that's sitting on the two men of God that are talking to you and be able to connect and be able to move with speed and authority. Nehemiah is here. He's before his king. And um, in chapter one, he had received some news. And in chapter two, he comes before the king. And so let's read from verse one. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of Ataxis, the king, that wine was before him. And I took the wine and gave it unto the king. Now I had not been before time sad in his presence. I need to explain something. Phoenician kings were very particular about certain things. You could not come to them with a low countenance. Your head would be taken off. So, so this move was a calculated move by Nehemiah because he had learned to observe certain things. So he had never been before the king. But my first point is in verse number two. Wherefore, the king said unto me, why is thy countenance sad, seeing that thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was very sore afraid and said unto the king, let the king live forever. Notice this. He's speaking the language of the king. Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of my father's sepulchers, lieth waste and the gates thereof are consumed with fire? Let me explain this. This is my first point. Whenever we are before people that need to fund our business, whenever we are before people, and in this case, I will call them kings with a small k, any person who's holding the capital you need for your business is a king you need. Anybody who is about to release uh, strategies and open doors for you in your business is a king you need. Right. And therefore, the hint we're getting from Nehemiah here in wisdom is that he did something that provoked the king. So point number one, I'm going to give you about seven points, is know the way the king likes his things done. Right. Know the way the king likes things done. Where I've had a problem even with people who come to me to ask me to invest in them is that they bring their passion, their language, their direction, their strategy, never done research on what I'm passionate about, right. never thought through what I like, how I like my things mm. done. 90% of you getting funds from some of these people, especially on the angel investor part, is that they feel you've done some homework on what's important to them, wow. not to you. Come on. The place we miss out a lot on in closing the deal is that you're spending too much time talking about you. 
Wow. You need to research about what investment firm am I going to? What's the history of this angel fund? What's the history of this individual? What do they like? He said to the king, the place of my father's sepulchers lies waste. Now remember, it was King, it was King of Texas's father and his grandfather who had made sure that the walls of Jerusalem had been burnt down. Wow. And they put a decree with their ring that it should never be rebuilt again. Wow. So to come to the same king to start right. talking about that is dangerous. Yeah. But the way he positioned it was in the Phoenicians had a lot of respect for ancestral ruins. Mm. So he didn't just come and say Jerusalem is burnt. No, he came and said the place of my fathers and my ancestors, uh, mm. the sepulchers, they, it lies waste. So, so immediately he touched on the passion of the king. Right. Immediately he was speaking the king's language. So that's why you must know the way the king likes things done. 90% of your closing of a deal is going to be understanding that king's language. If you're wow. sitting in front of a client that you want to get their business, spend more time talking about their passion, not wow. your competence, your abilities. All those things are 10%. The rest is about wow. them feeling that you've actually cared that they have come this far in what they've accomplished. So please understand that this is important. Okay. So that's, that's point number one. Point number two is found in verse number six. The king said to me and the queen also sitting by him. That's not by mistake. The queen is sitting there because the, the, the Bible is writing that because there's something we have to see there. Wow. For all them, for all the brothers on this call, you know, what happens to our ego when our queen is sitting next to us and, 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 and you know, Nehemiah took note that the queen was sitting next to him. So he, he prepared himself to make sure that he doesn't annoy the person that was key in the room. Sometimes right. as we go to these organizations, you want to talk to the CEO, but you want to mistreat their PA. You want to talk to the wow. CEO, but you want to mistreat their co-founder. Mm. You're not going to get away with uh, trying to pick favorites in an organization that you need help from. So, wow. so he took note that the queen was sitting there because at midnight, she could turn and just tap his shoulder and say, that guy that came to talk to you today, I don't forget like him. him. <laughs> I don't like him. That's it. I don't like him. <laughs> So, so, so he, he was very conscious and he, he took note. And so, and he realized that, that the king can be on extra guard because the queen is right next to him, but he took wow. note. So for how long shall the journey be and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, glory be to God. Wow. And I set, I set him a time. I set him a time. Point number two, set a time. Wow. Set a time. You need my money? How long do you need it for? Mm. What are you going to do with it? What's your use of capital? When mm. am I going to get my investment back? How are you going to utilize these resources? Mm. If you're going to grow my business, if you're an employee, how will my bottom line grow because you've come? You see, so you have to move from being a passive participant into being a necessary microorganism in the sphere of the ecosystem that you're being invited into. Man, Listen, you're gonna, every you're gonna... employer... 
You're gonna have to say that one more time. You're gonna have to say that one. More time. <laughs> you you want to be not a passive participant, but an active microorganism in the sphere of the thing that you want to be a part of. Listen, your fire has to be seen. Your energy has to be seen. Your grace has to be realized and recognized. So don't be a passive part. It doesn't matter what the organization is. It could be a church. It could be a, 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 a an enterprise. You could be looking for that capital get the person to realize not necessarily excite them but get them to realize you're an asset in their vision wow very key very key you Come know on. you know you know uh, my, my dear brother i know because you do a lot of discussions with, with 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 different american ministers here's what i've been seeing with what's going on in america and please let me say this boldly what has happened is very wrong what has happened with george floyd is wrong we we stand with them but man, I want to talk to the, please allow me to talk to the man of color for just a minute. I know we may have people of different races here, but I want to just shout, make this shout out to the black man. Hmm. Nobody's ever going to understand our worth until we have worth in certain elements. Come on. Yes, we have human worth, but until we start dealing with our worth from an economy perspective, hmm. Africa is going to keep being looked down on. Until we can start entering different dimensions of productivity, the manufacturing sector, the various sectors, nobody's going to treat us with the respect we need. This is why you will not see a Jew being chased around by the police in America that way. They are fewer than the blacks, but they carry a certain strength in the economy. <laughs> so, so, so what God is saying to us now is that he's causing us to penetrate into areas of the economy. And these are important things for you to know. Set right. a time. Don't come just on. come and get excited <laughs> that you're taking my money. Don't just come and get excited that you have a, a, a new job. Set a time. By this time, here's how I will change your bottom line. Because having me here makes a difference. I have employed a lot of Christians. I'll tell you that. Wow. And I'll just be bold enough to tell you my disappointment. <laughs> Sometimes we rely so much on faith that we don't get work done. Wow. I've seen more thorough reports, more thorough documentation come, come from people in the marketplace who are atheists and people who don't believe in God at all. And they get their job done to a T. Every T crossed, every I dotted. Their reports are in before time. But when it comes to the believer, I couldn't make it. My pastor called a meeting yesterday. I'm wow. a pastor. We need to stop these excuses. Come we on. need to understand that the dimension of work to get done is key for us in the next phase. Excellence, delivery, the timing, be there before time. By the time they looked at Daniel, he was 10 times better. What you're up against in the marketplace is going to eat you alive Come if on. you are not 10 times better than the rest. Come on. Please understand, Babylon was a system. It was prepared. It had an understanding of infrastructure, had an understanding of agriculture. By the time Daniel was sitting there, exams in their language, he was found to be 10 times better than people who were born speaking that language. So it's not about you working for a saved person because Nebuchadnezzar was not saved. Come it's on. about you being able to excel, whether you're working for Pharaoh or for Nebuchadnezzar or for your pastor. Glory Come on. Be to God. Come on. That's awesome. And, and, and let me just add, Pastor Day, we see it in the life of Jacob as well. Jacob went to work yes. for Laban and he, he yes. made sure that it was his, his, uh, his value, what he brought to the table, his work. Yes. 
In yes. fact, when he started negotiating his shareholding, he said to Laban, my work speaks for itself. I, when I yes. came here, you were little. And because of my contribution, you have grown much. And it was that grace uh, that was on him. And his boss, Laban, acknowledged it. He said, I know that it is the blessing on you and the hard work that you've put in this organization that the animals multiply. Praise God. Amen. Amen. I believe that. That is correct. Listen, you are so right. You got to bring your game to the table. You have to bring your game to the table. So, so we cannot be passive and say, God will fight for me. Listen, this is why I said you have to be a student of times and seasons. Hmm. Allow me to say this. We're going back to point number three, but allow me to say this in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verse five. The Bible says, God said to the children of Israel, Moses, my servant is dead. Hmm. And this is the last chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, hmm. right? This is the last chapter of the Pentateuch, the first hmm. five books of the Bible that Moses was able to pen down after he's, he saw the back of God. He was able to receive immediate understanding of the beginning and all these five chapters were written. And so he's now coming to the end of the Pentateuch and it's coming to the end of a season. Are we together? Moses, my servant, is dead. And then he comes to Joshua chapter 1, brand new season. Mm. And in the second verse of Joshua chapter 1, he says, Moses is dead. Mm. Hmm. Why would God talk about Moses at the end of Deuteronomy and Moses at the beginning of Joshua? I'll tell you mm. why. The Moses in Deuteronomy 34 is Moses the man, Moses the friend of God, Moses who God spoke to by talking to him face to face, not in visions and dreams. Moses who ate with God, they dined together. That Moses, the friend of God was dead. Mm. But the Moses in Joshua is not Moses the man, is Moses the season. Mm. The season had ended. Mm. And that means immediately certain things that were available for Moses' time are not available for Joshua's time. But God says to Joshua, as I was with him, with Moses, so shall I be with you. Not mm. what I did with Moses. Please catch this. Very important. Wow. I'm not telling you I'm going to do with you what I did with Moses. So mm. I'm trying to say that there have been some amazing men and women of God that have moved by the power of God. And we quote them. We read their books. We hear what they did. We're hearing of Lester Sumrall. We start to hear of Catherine Kuhlman. We start to hear of A.A. Allen, people that have walked this earth that this earth was not worthy of. And we start to see their stories. And God is telling us, listen, I was with them. And there's a season that has shifted. Come on. Just like I was with them for their season, I'm going to be with you for your season. But the things we're going to do are not the same. Glory be to God. Come on. That's Ooh. awesome. <laughs> the things we're going to do are not the same. And that's why the Bible says, as soon as Joshua received this revelation, God, who is speaking to Joshua, says to Joshua, I, I found this very amazing. It's God who is speaking. If God was speaking to me, I'd be, the, I'd be so courageous. I'm, I heard God's voice. I don't care. <laughs> like It's bluntly in front of me. I've, I'm listening to him. He's speaking to me. And he tells Joshua, be bold and very courageous. Wait a minute. You're here. Come on. You're talking to me. <laughs> Why are you telling me to be bold and courageous? Because I found out that the presence of God is not an automatic generation of your courage and boldness. Wow. That's awesome. Just because God is there does not mean we will be bold and courageous. So this new move of entering the marketplace, a lot of people don't know. They're a little afraid. But let me tell you, we have to enter 
and we have to become marketplace apostles, marketplace Christians, and be able to boldly represent the throne of God ma, as ma. a community of believers. So, yes, so he said to he said to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. Because Moses, the season, the season is dead. We're transitioning right now ma. and we're getting a taste of what is to come. As you begin to do that, listen, the children of Israel, they, they, whereas before God parted the seas for them and they walked and their feet were dry, after Joshua chapter one, they got wet. The first thing we're going to do, we're going to get wet. Wow. Now we have to fold our sleeves and we have to work. Come the on. second thing that happened to them, is said as soon as the last lad crossed, manna ended. They ate of the fruit of the produce of the land. So, so now what God is saying to us is the days of aid and receiving debt to Come run on. our countries. That day is over. It's not manna yes, time. Sir. The season has shifted. Moses is dead. That season when I drop manna from heaven. Come on. But I'm not going to continue just feeding you. I now need you to understand how to till the land. And immediately Joshua sees an angel of the Lord and goes to him and he asks you, are you for us or against? He says, take off your sandals for the place you are. That's holy ground. Come and on. he asks, are you for us or against? He says, I am for you. In other words, God is saying, this time I'm not going to kill your enemies for you. I'm going to kill your enemies with you. Come on, through you. <laughs> yes, sir. Through you. So, <laughs> so, so I need you to become the demonstration of me on the earth. Glory be to God. Come on. We need to get back to Nehemiah. <laughs> so, so, so listen. We are living, we are living, even after this COVID time, after this 2020, this first month of this, this half, halfway through the year as we come into the, the, the month of June, the point and the truth is this, we are living in a time when we are seeing with our very eyes a transition season on the earth. Come very on. few people get that privilege. And you happen to be in an age where we are going to be a glorious generation if we understand the revelation because some things can only be caught by revelation. Yes, sir. Glory be to God. And then let's go back to Nehemiah. Ooh, marabako Ooh, yes, thank sir. You, God. Come let's on. go back to Nehemiah. So, so in verse 7, so we said set a time because the king, the king saw it fit to send him and I set him a time. Number three, moreover, moreover, number three, Yes, I sir. said unto the king, if it please the king, let letters be given to me, to the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me over till I come into Judah. <laughs> and a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest. Uh, and a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the palace, which appertain to the house. <laughs> And Come for on. the wall of the city and for the house that shall, I shall enter into. And the king granted me according to the good hand of my God, which was upon me. Number three, know the king's authority and ability. Come on. Let me explain this. Know the king's authority and ability. Basically, pastor, what's going on here is that this man had been a cupbearer, but he just didn't sit there. He was observing. He started to understand that this is Asaph. This must be an important guy. <laughs> this is so-and-so. This is an important guy. By the time he came to the king, he didn't start to say to the king, oh, you tell me what you want. No, he was clear. Give me a letter for this guy. 
he had, as he was presenting tea to the king, he was observing the protocol of the palace. This is why Potiphar's house is an important station to stop at before we get to the palace, because we get to understand the protocol of the palace in Potiphar's house. We see how messengers come. You kind of see a mini palace in operation. Glory be to God. And so this, Nehemiah was not just sitting there. He was, he was observing. This is why some of us have not opened our eyes to see what God is doing because in that office, you should have observed certain things about banking. You should have understood how some things in treasury operate. You should be understanding how some things in the foreign currency operate. You should understand the processes and the protocol of the banking dimension so that by the time you come into a place where you're making a request about starting your own bank, you're not at the beginning of the trail. You Woo. have understood that Asaph is important. This letter is important. I need a letter to this person. And therefore, you have to know the king's authority and ability. Glory be to God. Come on. Just get to number five. <laughs> You're preaching good, Pastor. We may have Amen. to rush. We may have to rush if we're going to get to seven. I'll, I'll just do five. We'll do what works so that everybody gets it in their spirit. Oh, Don't man, it's awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll keep time. I'm I'll loving keep time. it. So, so, so you have to do your research. You have to know. This organization I'm working for, listen, you are a little bit of knowledge away from promotion. You are a little observation away from growth. You need to open your eyes. You can't just go to work as a Christian and say, oh, I don't like talking to anybody. I want to sit by myself because nobody in my office is safe. No, go over there and learn the trade. You have to understand this is how it works. Learn how things work. Learn who is important. Learn how to get those things done. So number four, we're going to go to number four in a minute. So he says, then I came to the governor, verse nine. Governors beyond the river gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. Verse 10. When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, heard of it, it grieved them exceedingly that there was come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. So number four is this. Know who doesn't like you and your mission. Mm. You've got to know them. It doesn't say destroy them. You have to mark those that are around you that don't have a clear grasp and want to destroy the mission God has sent you for. You must know who doesn't like your mission. Who doesn't like your vision? You've got to mark them and know them. So when Sanballat, the Horonites, and Tobiah came, they were distressed that someone had come to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. Mm -hmm. I assure you in South Africa, if you rise up right now to start restoring and rebuilding the walls of South Africa, there will be people from other nations who will arise, mm -hmm. foreigners who will arise and not want you to do what needs to get done. The agenda of anyone that wants to put... Um, the continent down is very clear because wow. as long as Africa is down, there will be beneficiaries that are outside Africa. Come on, but that. I hear the spirit of God say that our season has come. So yes, please, sir. that's number four. Let's go to number five. He says, and when I went out by night, verse five, uh, number five is in verse 13. When I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well and to the dung port, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. Then I went to the gate of the fountain and to the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. Then I went up 
in the night by the brook and viewed the wall and turned back and entered by the gate of the valley mm. and so returned. Number five is this. Assess your assignment. Come on. Do a thorough assessment of your assignment. He says he went out by the night by the gate of the valley, which was before the dragon well and to mm. the dunk pot. Another version calls it the refuse gate and viewed the walls of Jerusalem and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. He was assessing. You have to look at that business plan a hundred times. Come on. You have to make your assessment and be thorough about it. But then I like verse 14 and here's a revelation. Then I went on to the gate of the fountain and to the king's pool, but there was no place even for the beast that was under me to pass. The reason this king's pool was very key and important is because it talks about there was the gate of the fountain to the king's pool. You see, this is the fountain. This is the very center of the entire Jerusalem. And this was the, the place where life would spring out from. This was the king's pool. It's a fountain gate in our lives. This is the very personal place that we need to assess. And the Bible says he didn't have room for even the animal that was in him. No room for extra baggage. Wow. There's a place you must look yourself in the mirror. I'd be able to declare, because please listen to me carefully. Everybody has a weakness. Everybody has a pain point. Everybody has a soft spot. The problem with a lot of us is we never take time to deal with those things in our lives. And mm -hmm. Satan has mastered. The enemy has come to understand the thing that's going to take you down. With Abraham, they knew that he had a weakness for fair women. That weakness continued in his lifeline with his children because that's exactly what his children are going for. You must look yourself in the mirror as a CEO, as an entrepreneur, as a businessman and say, or a businesswoman and say, I have a weakness with money. This is the wow. king's pool, the fountain gate, because until you can assess yourself as you assess the assignment, you will not know who you should surround yourself with. Glory mm. be to God. You will not know what kind of partners you need and therefore you may bring partners with your same weakness and that's wow. going to create problems for what it is you're starting. So wow. we must assess this assignment and go to the king's pool because out of the, out of the belly, that's where life flows. And the life of your business is going to come from that fountain gate. And if you've not dealt with that problem, if you've not dealt with these things, you're going to, you're going to make sure that you um, hire the PA that's your weakness. Hmm. Oh my God, I didn't just say that. <laughs> you're going to make sure that you hire. And listen, I believe in the next dimension, God is not going to have too much patience with us messing around with this particular assignment. Mm. And we must be careful not to find ourselves in areas of compromise. I've seen, uh, I've seen billions become lost in a minute because of a lack of character and a lack of integrity. Come but on. God is saying to us, I'm giving you another chance, but assess yourself. You must say, I'm not a good money manager. Therefore, I must put around myself very good money managers, Come not on. yes men. You must Come say on. to yourself, I'm not good with people. You must be honest with yourself and say, I'm not a good people person. Because man of God, do you know that a lot of people who don't know how to manage people don't really understand why people keep leaving them? Wow. You must sit and assess yourself and be able to, to say, I'm not good with one, two, three. I'm not good with documentation. I'm not good with this. So that when you surround yourself with those people, Come on. then you will have done the necessary assessment to know what needs to get done. So maybe we got one time for one more extra. 
<laughs> I was going to ask a question before we go. I know we've got question. five minutes and uh, we may have to come back to this I in have, July. Uh, no, no, and... God, I have time. I have time. You've got time? Let's okay. Go All right. Go for it. Go for it, Pastor. <laughs> no, ask me your question. Ask me your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that we can, I was going to ask if you can share your personal story quickly before you go. Because yeah. I know you have a live broadcast at... at uh, uh, at the top of the hour. So I want you to share the story of how you literally build uh, mod uh, from the yeah. ground up and how the Lord gave it to you as a, as yeah. a witty invention and as a creative idea from, from heaven and how it's impacting yeah. the world. I mean, this is an innovative uh, product from the continent of Africa. I mean, who would ever thought? Yeah. Amen. I mean, we, we, were, we were blessed because I was able to build that company. I think in South Africa, you guys use it through MTN, uh, where you do your, your, your airtime credit. I don't know what they call it yeah. there. And then I started it here in Kenya. And, and God just continued to bless it. And we grew to 28 countries, you know, all the way to Indonesia and out in, uh, in the Middle East. So we've, we've seen God's grace and, and we're able to grow that. And, and, and we've, we've, we've since exited the business. Um, uh, but at the same time, because we needed to do other things, you know, bigger things. And, and, and so I'm involved in quite a few things now. But we were able to build that. And God showed me the strategy around partnership, how to build the right partners, how to grow through partnership, right? Because some things you cannot grow on your own. If you're you going to expand, you, you want to talk about understand. that a little bit. That, that's, that's awesome. Sure. I like it. <laughs> you, you have to understand the importance. And I, I went through good partners and horrible partners. So you've got to be able, the things I'm talking about, let me tell you, the stuff I've just shared with you, that was a blueprint. Come on. Because when I start to talk about that is that sometimes Tobiah and Sanballat uh, uh, are, 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 are partners. Mm. <laughs> And you need to understand the dynamics of how to pick your partners, the dynamics of how to uh, position yourself in markets, how to position yourself under shareholding structures so that you don't get um, over diluted. Um, very good lessons I learned. And I hope one of these days I can come and share some of that understanding. But you have to understand dimensions around partnership models. And let me tell you, we've entered a world of partnerships. So whether you like it or not, you're going to have to grow in those partnerships. But let me say this, growing wide does not necessarily mean you're growing. And I have a principle I teach about depth versus width. Sometimes you have to dig deep enough to have the sustenance for going wide enough. Hmm. I find that a lot of people want to grow across the whole continent before they've gone deep enough in their core market. Even Jesus made it clear to us he said, go you to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was a place for that depth. And then from there, go you to Judea, to Samaria, and then Come to on. the uttermost parts of the earth. So there's a strategy about width and depth. So sometimes when you go too wide, for instance, we got into so many markets so fast. And here's the dilemma I faced, man of God, is I would have a very large client in Indonesia. And then I'd have a very small client in, I don't want to say where. And, and I'm getting so much noise from this small client that I'm having to distract my people from a large client to come and deal with a very small client because I was so big for his business that he needed me to service him every day. Mm -hmm. While with the larger client, I was getting more revenues. And so the balance between growth and depth is a very important thing because you must understand how those dynamics work. Very key, very key. So. So we grew through partners. 
we grew into many countries, but you have to understand the dynamics. I have a friend here in Kenya. He hasn't grown wide, but he's grown deep. And in one country alone, he's raised millions of dollars for his business in one place. So sometimes you don't have to be in many places, but if you're going to grow, you must understand, even locally, you must understand the dynamics of partnership and the importance of those partnerships in how you're going to build your business. You cannot do this thing alone. Come on. You cannot do it alone. Come on, and man. That's powerful so all the, right there. All, all the drama we face in church was just to prepare you for the marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Man of God, man. This is yeah. awesome. This is awesome, so, man. Oof. So, so, so finally, let me show you. Finally, uh, in verse, in verse, in verse uh, nineteen of chapter two, he says, "When Sanballat the Horonite uh, and Tobiah the servant and the Ammonite and Geshem the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and wow. said, What is this thing that you do? Will you rebel against the king?' Then I answered, then answered I them and said unto them, "The God of heaven, He will prosper us. Therefore, we His servants will arise." and build but you have no portion nor right no memorial in jerusalem number six get above your detractors wow let me say why this is important please hear me children of god this is so key i don't know how to say this but the bible is clear that we must count it all joy when we go through diverse trials and temptations knowing this that the trying of your faith produces patience that word patience there in its original context is the word stamina hmm. We cannot cry about some things anymore. We have to move into maturity, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. And what I'm trying to say with this is that you will find a ridiculous rebellion in the marketplace. Mm. All right? You will find people that don't believe you should be there. You will find people that don't believe you should be growing. All right? But I want to give you a scripture in a way you've never seen it. Okay? It's the, the, a favorite scripture, Pastor, if you let me read that as my closing statement. It's in 2 Corinthians it, chapter 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, okay? And I want to read it to you in the message version. It's very interesting. This is a marketplace scripture. <laughs> Come on. So let me read it to you. This is what it says. Um, let me read from verse 3. The world is unprincipled. I'm reading from the message version. Right. The world is, a, is unprincipled. It's dog eat dog out there. Hmm. The world doesn't fight fair. So don't come and say, this is so unfair. I'm telling you in advance, the world does not fight fair. And then it says, but we don't live or fight our battles that way. Come we on. never have and never will. The tools of our trade come on, are not they? for marketing or manipulation, hmm. but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. So you have to enter the system for us to be able. So, so, so by the time they talk about Daniel and they're not telling the king the truth and they have to put him in a lion's den and the man is still calm, that's because he learned to get above his detractors. Come on. By the time Joseph is being put in jail and he can come and sit in the palace and sit with the king and he's now Potiphar's boss, and Potiphar and his wife are sitting there across him in the dinner table, and he can smile with them. You have to get above your detractors because there's a there's there's a stamina required. Come on, for the marketplace, it's a stamina required for you to be able to fall 
dust yourself and get back up again. Listen, you have to pray that God gives you that grace and that stamina because you cannot say it didn't work because you tried it once and it didn't work. Come you on. can try it a hundred times. It may still not work. You get back in the game. You will eventually find your funding. And one day you'll be a testimony that the 250th knock is where you got your yes from. Get above your detractors. Get above anybody that's putting you down. Get into that marketplace. And I pray for victory for you in the name of Jesus. Come on. That's powerful, man of God. <laughs> and I know in, in this article that I just read, you also made another yeah. quote around uh, what you're sharing now. You said, my best decision and my worst mistake is failure. I was naive when I was much younger to think that when you're upset with someone, you go ahead and compete with them. There's no better school than failure. You just have to pick <laughs> up the pieces and take time to recover, reassess, reconfigure, rest and revive. Man, that's powerful. And I was going to ask that's you right. closing uh, in about two minutes, you know, what are some of the challenges you had to go through in building uh, mod? I mean, everything man like i said i hired a lot of believers and so there's a training we need to do genesis 14 14 abraham took 318 trained servants in his house and he took them to recover his nephew lot from four kings the point i'm trying to make is this we must train the kingdom people for thoroughness execution um vision to work without being looked at and to be able to work independently so that you're self-driven. So um, a challenge is people and we must raise the right people to be able to bring them into the right place. Another challenge is leadership. Um, the dynamics of what I was trying to do was very sophisticated. And so we got lost in the chaos somewhere. We, we used to have paralysis of analysis, too much happening too fast and, and you need a system uh, into the place. So, so look, I, I don't glorify failure, but I believe it's necessary. And, and I do believe that it's a process that all of us can pass. The other challenge I faced, of course, was capital. But through time, I started understanding how capital is raised. There is a lot of capital out there. And I want to tell you, unfortunately, it's not in the church. Come on. <laughs> it is there. This is why we've transitioned. Moses, Joshua, the capital we need is in other hands. We don't have to go lay hands on their things and say, Father, transfer, transfer now. No, we have to sit and be able, like Joseph, to bring our light to the kings. Listen, all these kings we go to, they have a light. Man of God, you've dealt with amazing men. I've seen some of the people you've interacted with. And you know, when you stand before a president, if you stand before a president, when they come in, you, you sense a presence. Yeah. Kings have a light. By the time Queen Sheba is bringing her light to Solomon's light, it's because Solomon's light is brighter. The kings will come to the brightness of your shining. So unless you have a light, you cannot attract another light. Come on. So, so for, for these people to release something to you, it's because there's something on you that is so big that they can't resist you. So I understood how money works. And money is going to follow people before it follows their ideas the first thing people look at is you not your idea i've seen people with horrible ideas get money over and over again so i've dismissed the theory that the idea is the principal thing it's about you the person 
and how you deal with some of the things I've shared with you from the book of Nehemiah. Man of God, you can pass the giving basket around. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Thank this you, is Jesus. fire. This is awesome. <laughs> hey, Pastor Julian, I know I've got to let you go. Hey, listen, quickly, if people want to learn uh, uh, more uh, uh, from you, mm. where can they find more of your teaching? But before you share on that, I just want to get a commitment from you that we can do this again in July, this time around. I want you to break it down a little further before, I mean, one hour went by so fast and I need you I to agree. come back I can't on believe this it. podcast and, and, <laughs> and share with the people. <laughs> okay. Okay. Absolutely. I'll do that. I give you my promise. Awesome, man. And, and if people want to learn more about uh, your ministry, get books, get teachings, where can they yeah. go? So the first place they can go is to my pages. I think that's where we can then be able to, um, to, to channel them. They can go to my um, um, Julian Kula Facebook page or my Instagram page. Um, you can follow me there. Um, I've got some material on YouTube. I haven't done a lot of YouTube, but we're getting out there now with my team. And uh, yeah, so if they come there, then they will get access to my material, my podcasts, my, my information is all in there. Julian Kula um, is, is, I think it's, I think my name should be on the, on the Zoom uh, call if they're looking at that, but if not, that last name is K Y U L A. Yes, sir. Before you go, do you mind just praying for the marketplace leaders? Uh, we're going to let you go quickly. Absolutely. Marketplace leaders, lift up your hands where you are. I want to bless you. Father, I speak the promise of Abraham, the promise of Isaac, the promise of Jacob, Father, and the promise of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, over every saint that is listening to me right now. I thank you for this time that we've had. I thank you for just the grace you've released over us today. And I pray, Father, that your hand of comfort and grace will be upon your children. The grace we've released today, Father, is why we were born. Thank you for Pastor Tafra and what he's done to raise these kingdom champions to the point that they can be hearers and then they will be doers. As they receive this rema today, Father, let them act on this rema and let them grow and go and become bold and courageous without fear. For your word says you have not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love and of a sound mind. Raise Africa for such a time as this, yes, Father, Lord. for you have been preserving us for this time as you release us into the marketplace. Preserve us, Father, that we may never lose sight of the thing that you've called us to be and to do. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Reverend. And uh, hey, let's do this again in wow. July. We'll talk offline and uh, get a date. Sure. Uh, everyone, thank you for joining us. Uh, we couldn't get some questions in, but when we get Reverend Kiula back, we're going to be able to throw some questions in there. He's going live on his Facebook page. So if you want to hear more, uh, please switch over to uh, his personal Facebook page. You'll be able to hear what he has to share tonight. I'm telling you, you will be blessed. And uh, don't forget to subscribe on Spotify and uh, iTunes. Uh, the Grace in the Marketplace podcast is where we put all the teachings and you can listen to it uh, in the car, in traffic, going to work, uh, getting ready to, to leave the house tonight. We love you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Rev. Thank you so much, Pastor. Ciao. God bless Bye. you, sir.